People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down. When you're strange, faces come out of the rain. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. When you're strange. When you're strange, when you're strange, I want to introduce the host of Strange Darkness Radio, Bobby Washington and Tony Carr. Thanks for joining us tonight on Strange Darkness Radio. Hey, Tony, what's happening? What's up, man? How you doing today, tonight? I'm doing good, man. You know... Another day, another day. Another, another day, bro. Another dark day, bro. Exactly. Hey, so um, this is Strange Darkness Radio, um, episode two. I want to thank you guys for joining us tonight on this voyage. And also, I want to give you guys our, our, you know, social, so that way you can hit us up and always stay informed. Our Twitter is at SDR Radio. So it's SD Radio is um, our Twitter handle. And uh, Tony, you got that IG? Yes, man. It's uh, Strange Darkness underscore radio. Nice. And you can always hit us up on our Facebook fan page. Any information that we talk about on the show, we'll post it on our fan page. So that way you guys know about the show information and also the show topics for the show. And for tonight's show, what we have for you guys are two incredible stories. One is the Giants of Kandahar. That's a very interesting story. We'll, we'll we'll try to you know decipher whether or not that is uh, real or not. And then yeah. we also have uh, the Black Eyed Kids. Uh, we go into the, the the origins per se because again there all there have always been tales of the Black Eyed Kids. Um, but on this particular um, one, this is the one that's the most popular and that uh, was that generated like the most you know information. Um, you know, about the black eyed kids. So we'll um we'll get into that also. So um so Tony, how's your week been, man, on in the paranormal realm? Any oh, anything man. strange or crazy happened to you? Yeah, man, my day's been good. Uh earlier today, a little bit of my dishes was rattling. Like with the forks and mm-hmm. spoons. Yeah, okay. And and no, no nothing was out of place. Um so it was kind of weird. And nothing was inside uh nothing was in the rack. What, was it yes, on the rack or was it in the dishwasher? Rack. I think it was in a drying rack. Okay. And everything was put away. So the little rattling kind of kind of had me look over like, what the hell that was going on? But sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Did you did you Not check and see if we had a little tremor, a little earthquake? Uh, Yeah, we didn't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I do stuff like that, dude. When stuff happens in the house, next thing I know, I'm looking, I'm looking up on my phone like, was there a tremor? Because one time there was. Like I was yeah, doing happen. something and then we actually had an earthquake here in uh, California. And I was like, damn, that was an actual earthquake. You know, I felt actually it, when know. I was living in L.A., man, there's a lot of times that um, we'd be chilling. And as you know, the, you hear the bowls start. Mm-hmm. Like rattle like a couple of times and then yeah. they would do it again. And then like the, the spoons and forks would start to do it. And so, but that house was kind of creepy though. So mm, interesting. It was, interesting. It was, uh, it was always something going on Yeah, at that house. 
Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, right now I'm drinking uh, some uh, Strange Darkness tea, so you guys are gonna hear a little, you know, clanking from time to time. So don't mind me. You know, I'm, we, you know, it's late night and we're just chilling and having a conversation, and uh, you know, that's what happens at night. Yeah, man. But um, also, Tony, let's tell them about um, we were doing show prep, and uh, one one night, and uh, you we had something crazy happen to where uh-huh. we were on Skype. And uh, we're having a conversation about the show and about different details. And uh, next thing you know, I'm hearing in the, I'm in the in your background, I'm hearing like a channel changing like constantly. I'm like, oh, OK, you know, um, which is whatever, you know, because, again, we weren't mm-hmm. recording or anything. And then your girl goes and proceeds to tell you what? Oh, man. Because so earlier that day, I lost the remote, the fire TV, the fire stick remote. And it's still lost to this day. I don't know where the hell I put it. Um, but the remote's not in here and the TV, well, okay. So we do have fire stick TV app cause they have an app. So if you lose your remote, you can challenge it to your app. Mm-hmm. But since I was doing this, I closed the app out and you know, it was no, no way that the TV can be changing channels, but it was changing channels. Like somebody's pressing on like the fast forward button and it was just going through all, t- all types of channels. And she was like, what's going on? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I was like, my phone's right here. It's off, so I don't understand why it's going off. And then my computer started messing up, started glitching. Yeah, and stuff. So that that was that was kind of weird. And she was getting freaked out because I was like, that's there's no way that TV should be uh, flipping through all those channels uh, by itself, you know. So I don't know if it was a uh, you know tech technology te- technical di- difficulties. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I know for a fact that the remote's not in the house. Uh, last time I had the remote, it was in the car. I actually brought it with me uh, when I was picking up my girlfriend, and the app was off. Okay. So I don't understand how, you know, that started doing it. But some strange shit do be happening at this apartment from time to time. So Yeah. Okay, interesting. Because after that incident, the next day, um, again, I was doing show prep. And so I have my iPad off to my left. Um, I have this big, giant Mac 27-inch uh, screen. So I'm actually doing my notes on there, um, putting them over to my notes on my um, on my iPad. And I also have like a uh, TV show playing. I have uh, old school, Gilligan's Island, just sitting there playing. And uh, got done with the show, the show prep stuff, and uh, went and uh, left the studio. So as I leave the studio... Um, a couple hours later, I hear, uh, you know, uh, I hear something going off or something playing. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like, I didn't leave anything on. Everything's shut down. Okay, so that's kind of odd. And then I'm, I'm still hearing this this noise, right? So I, as I proceed to walk into the studio, um, Gilligan's Island is playing. Now, mind you, I have my iPad closed. So it, it went, once you close uh, the iPad screen which I have a case on it, it actually just closes everything. And then you got to log back into it, put the code in or do facial recognition. And then everything comes back up. And, um, you know, I totally got out of the Gilligan's Island and everything else. Only thing that was up was my show notes. And uh, again, to get into it, you have to actually press the password in or see your face and then, then it comes up. So Gilligan's Island was playing by itself. I mean, just this is the next day, just randomly. I'm like, and this has never happened. One, you have to open the cover up. Two, you have to enter the um, the code to get into it or facial recognition, right? 
and um, it, it, it was totally still closed up. I had to pick it up, flip it open, um, and I'm sitting here watching Gilligan's Island as it as it's playing from where I left off, which was a day prior. So that was creepy. I've never had that happen. The iPad's never done anything like that for sure. And uh, so, yeah, that, that to me, that was kind of creepy. Yeah, I think the more you talk about stuff, uh, the more it's possible that you challenge stuff to come. Yeah. You know, mess around with shit. Oh, snap. I, I wouldn't be surprised, bro, if like we're talking about, you know, whatever type of story, exorcist story, uh, OG boy story and some shit start popping off, you know, in our houses. And it's like, yeah, you know, it, all that energy does it does go out you know and, and you're bringing it to- towards us so yeah no that's for sure man i'm starting to see that now yeah it's, it we're we're really early into this this whole podcast shit and it's already you know kind of starting to happen so exactly i'm so, just curious at how how what's the crazy stuff going to happen later on if it happens yeah well again this whole show is dedicated to not just us telling our stories, but it's mainly for you guys to tell your stories. We want you guys to come on. We want you guys to tell your stories. We want you guys to be validated. Okay. We want, um, you know, to be able to uh, fearlessly tell what happened or whether it's an old story that your grandmother, your parents used to tell you or something that's happened, you know, uh, to a, to a loved one or a friend and just come on and tell your story. So again, hit us up at uh, 916-741-3032. And that's Strange Darkness Radio Hotline. You're able to leave um, a message in three-minute intervals. If you need to uh, call back, definitely call back. If, you, you know, if you're apprehensive about messing up or whatever, you can call back as many times as you want to. We're not going to put something on air that you're unhappy with. Or that sounds like, you know, sounds like you're, you know, you're scared and you're disheveled and you don't know what's going on. You're like, now they're going to just automatically play that. No, no, no. We'll take a beat um, and we'll listen to it. And if we feel that you um, kind of fumbled the ball and didn't call back and, uh, you know, it's kind of not, you know, comprehend, you know, you can't comprehend it, then we're not going to put it on because we want, you know, you to be, you know, feel comfortable with what you're, what you're doing and what you're, you know, the call that you're making. So you can call back as many times. Uh, don't be scared. You know, absolutely. I'm pretty sure your, your, your story is more scarier than uh, making a phone call. Again, you're just talking to the voicemail and uh, you're just telling a story just like we're talking, you know, to you yeah. guys now. So and you don't have to be scared that the story doesn't make sense or it's not believable. Not every story somebody's going to believe. Oh, exactly. And, uh, but the thing about it is this, that same story could happen to somebody else to validate, you know, what you've seen or, um, what, you know, your parents or what a loved one, um, has said to you or, or told you, you know what I mean? You know, a story that your, your, your dad told you he's not here anymore. And you always wondered, you know, was it real or did it happen to him? And then somebody comes in and tells the same story and you're like, man, that's wild. So you never know. Mm-hmm. So in speaking about that, we're going to go ahead and get into some calls that we've uh, received. So let's go. Caller, tell us your story.
If you're wondering if there's life after death, absolutely. So I used to be a hospice nurse and I worked the night shift, 7P to 7A. That night I had a husband and a wife as patients. Um, they were both in isolation rooms. Each one had their own room because each one had different um, infectious diseases. So I go in to check on the female and I'm talking to her and I notice her vitals are, you know, going down. So I was talking to her and she said, I'm in pain. I said, do you want me to give you something for pain? And she said, yes. And on my way out, she said, hey, thank you for everything that you're doing. And I said, no problem. So I go up to the nurse's station. I tell them, hey, you might want to contact the family because she's you know, declining. And they said, also the husband, he's showing irregular heartbeats. And I said, okay, uh, they were both DNRs, which means do not resuscitate. Uh, so if something happens to them, we have to let them pass. So I walk all the way back to the med cart. I'm getting her medication ready. All of a sudden she's standing next to me. And I told her, what are you doing here, Mrs. So-and-so? And she says, I need for you to go check on my husband right now. And I said, okay, I'll do that. Let me medicate you first. She said, no, I need to see him, but I can't unless I'm with you. And I looked at her and I said, well, okay. So we go into his isolation room and there's a little room that you go into before you go into the actual patient's room because you have to get, you know, dressed medically. Um, so we walked into the patient's room and she's standing next to me the whole time and I'm feeling like this electricity and my skin is just, you know, the hair is rising up and, you know, he looks at her and he goes, I'm so glad you came, honey. She said, grab my hand and she said, come on, let's go. And I said, what do you mean, let's go? Where are you going? So he sits up, next thing I know, you know, they're grabbing hands, all of a sudden he falls back into the bed and I turn to look and she's gone. And so then I get a knock on the door and they're like, hey, you know, he just passed and also the wife just passed. And I'm sitting there going, okay. So I go back to the, the wife's room and you know, she's expired. And I'm like, uh, this is really, really bizarre. And I didn't say anything. So we decided that we were going to put them together so that when the family came in they could say their proper goodbyes so we put them together in the room um, and as i'm doing that uh the i'm in there by myself the female just shows up out of the blue and at this point i already know that this is something paranormal and she said he won't come with me and i'm like what do you mean he won't come with you and she's like no he won't come with me at that point the kids walk in and they start crying and i'm backing up against the wall because you know i don't want to get in the way so then as I'm walking out of the room, the bathroom door starts to open and I see the man standing there and he's still wearing his hospital gown and he looks out, you know, through the door and he says, okay, they're here. I can go now. And uh, I hear the wife laughing in the background and then the bathroom kind of lit up and then they were gone. That just blew my mind. Whoa, man. That was crazy. Did you did you get that story? Did you understand yeah, it? Yeah, man. That's yeah, I did. Yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't know how to react to this stuff like that, honestly. Yeah, because there's been some stuff that happened to me. Is when you go through it at first, bro. It's, it, I don't. I wouldn't understand how to how to react. Yeah, honestly, I heard a lot of hospice stories and um, on people, you know, going, you know, to the light or to the next world or saying you know, um, strange things while it's happening and occurring. And uh, that's the wildest story I've heard. Uh, thanks for calling in um, yeah, uh, for that because yeah, uh, that was an incredible story. Uh, so, yeah, the, so, the, so the lady came to her, mm-hmm. you know, and then said, let's go into her husband's room, which, you know, she's like, I can't go in there without you. I wonder, you know, was she some kind of tether, you know, opposed to her just walking into the room? And mind you, 
she's supposedly laying in the bed. That that's wild. And um and then she's she, already gone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um so you know she goes in there to get the husband and the husband didn't want to tr- leave until his his kids came. And mm-hmm. uh, then that's when you know um and for her, her to experience that, I mean and then to keep her composure. Wow, that's that's incredible. I mean it <clears throat> it could be uh the feeling as well. If the feeling's not dark or doesn't feel bad, then I mean, I guess you you'd be more willing or open to kind of do what she she asked. Yeah, and there's no you telling know? if she's experienced stuff like that before, so she was kind of prepared or or knew the possibilities of you know something like that occurring. So yeah, and you know a lot of those hospice places, man. You know, you know, there's there's weird stuff that happens there all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't doubt, you know, you got the security guards, you know, probably have some stories about, you know, seeing apparitions walk through the through the door or through the hallway. And it's like on the corner of your eye. You, you can't really tell, but it's there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I remember um, being at uh, this is a little small story for you guys. Uh, one of my one of my crazy stories. I was at a hospital and I was um, waiting for the elevator. And at this particular hospital it was a trauma center. And they had a lot of gurneys that were um, in the hall. And um, it, I was standing by the gurney. I wasn't leaning on it, but I was standing by the gurney. And I shifted my weight. And there was a little, little black nurse. Um, she was like, uh, baby, um, don't sit on that gurney or lean up against it. Because you, you never know who's going to get up with you. Because somebody <laughs> died on that gurney. And I was like, oh, snap. And that scared the crap out of me. I was like, okay, I got to uh, <laughs> I gotta make sure I never, because, um, I, you know, when you're in a hospital, you're not even thinking about that, you know, no, um, no. honestly, because, I mean, you know, if you've ever gone to the emergency for whatever reason and they put you on a gurney or um, on one of those beds, I mean, imagine how many people have passed away on that particular bed. And um, so I'm always I'm mindful of that uh, when I uh, go to hospitals. Um, yeah, I got a couple stories about some hospitals for sure. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and get into another call. All right. Hang on. Yeah, let's do it. So this happened when I lived in Georgia. I was home alone one night. It was about 11 o'clock at night when I heard a knock at the door. Me always being overly cautious. I always ignore that because who would show up at my house at 11 o'clock at night? But still, I was curious to see who it was. So I tiptoed over to the front door. As I get closer, I started to feel like this feeling of dread and like just like something was off. I didn't say a word when I heard him say, hi ma'am, I'm here selling magazine subscriptions. Can you please let me in so we can talk about it? Me thinking there's no way that he even heard me, I still don't respond and I just kind of wait there waiting for him to leave. He knocks a second time and goes, please ma'am, it's only gonna take a minute of your time. Can you please let me in and let me borrow a corner of your table? Still not responding, I'm like, what is wrong with this kid? Why is he out at this time? Then he knocked on the door a third time and goes, well, can I at least have a glass of water? I've been out here all day. No. I started walking slowly back to the couch and I'm like, this kid will eventually get tired and leave. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's about. I'm not interested. I had a neighbor that was right across the hall from me. So I hear when he knocks on her door, she opens it and he gives her the whole thing about the magazine subscription, if she can let him in, etc. All I heard is when she yelled, honey and then she slams the door after that i didn't see the kid anymore he left i didn't think anything much of it i was just like it's probably some kid whatever the next day my neighbor knocks on my door like seven in the morning 
I know who she is. Of course, I answer for her. And she goes, did that kid go to your door last night? I told her, yes. She was like, you didn't answer the door, did you? And I was like, of course not. She goes, when I opened the door and I looked at his face, his eyes were completely blacked out. Like, even the white parts of his eyes were black. Gives me chills talking about it now. But yeah, them things are real. I had a, an experience. This is real. Ooh, the black eyed kid story. A story, yeah, crazy. a story I know well that we will <laughs> oh be telling God. tonight. Um, and we have an in-depth, um, you know, uh, a telling of a, you know, f pretty much um, one of the most uh, told black eyed kid story that's out there. It's like kind of like what started it all uh, for the most part. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, get into that. Um, so, yeah. What do you think about that, man? Uh, hey, you know, what happens if we do let them in? Do they kill you? Um, so. There was a couple, an old couple. You guys can find um, the uh, the story out there if you look. Um, the old couple actually let the kids in. It was late late night, and um, they were they were old. It was around, I believe, two a.m. Almost the witching hour. I believe it was at three a.m. Mm -hmm. And because um, the old older couple, the 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 I think the 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 older gentleman was more apprehensive about letting them in, but the, the wife was like, no, we need to help these kids. And, um, they let them in. And, uh, one of the kids asked for water and the old late older lady went to go grab them some water. And when she came back, the, um, her husband, I believe had collapsed. And, um, then she called nine one one and, um, she ended up, uh, he ended up get you know, becoming really ill and everything. And um, she, then later, I think a day or two later, she ends up in the hospital also. So, um, so yeah, you guys can find that story out there. Um, it's a pretty pretty well-known story also. Um, but, yeah, so it, it has technically happened to where people supposedly have, have, have let them in. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy, dude. Um, especially this bad shit that happens if you let them in. It's almost like you let in the spirit say, yeah, come into my body. Yeah. And then you're possessed. And then you you know you go down this whole rabbit hole. You know, yeah, I could just imagine. You know, then then you let them in. You got like heart problems and shit. You know, yeah, you got all these health problems that you didn't have before. Exactly. That's yeah, yeah. You guys can look it look it up, or whatever. Yeah, there's there's some wild wild uh, stories. But also, um, we're gonna get into a story that's uh, pretty wild. Um, we talked about it. Um, we you know played a commercial about uh about it you want to talk a little bit about it tony or you want me to go into it the giants of kandahar giants of kandahar man it's a government cover-up opposingly it's a government cover-up they're saying that it's not real but there's navy seals out there that say look we've seen it we yeah. killed it you know it's real but who can believe the government i can't you know i know you can't so they cover up so much shit just like uh five years ago there was um a green light coming out of uh, the sky in LA. Mm -hmm. And I missed it. My girlfriend's dad saw it. And uh, they were trying to say that, and it, it was the one, the light wasn't moving. It was just like somebody shining a flashlight through, um, through the, through the sky. Okay. And it was like a big ass green light. People was, you know, taping it and uh, filming it and shit, but they tried to cover up and said it was uh, a military um, experiment or, uh, military, what they do? Uh, exercise, military exercise. Exercise, yeah. Okay. 
when it doesn't make any sense because it wasn't moving anywhere. So it's kind of weird. And I also have a picture. It was another incident that happened in the sky. Uh, it looked like a flashlight, but it was white. Yeah. Um, didn't move. They tried saying that was a um, exercise as well. And I actually have the picture because my girlfriend's dad took the picture of it that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we need to we need to post that so, if you can find it. But I will um, not. When I doubt that these giants are real. Exactly. Um, but I know people are saying, because there's always one out there, you know that green light was uh, Green Lantern. They were calling Green Lantern. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I had, <laughs> to, I had to say that. I had to I had to say that, you know, it was the Green Lantern oh, uh, light, man, that's whatever. Too funny. You could have found the ring and been him. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go ahead and get in uh, to the giants of Kandahar. You were in Afghanistan in 2002, and you were called into a very remote section of Afghanistan because a patrol um, had basically gone missing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. There's no no, we just around nothing for miles. Right. So so very remote. Yeah, very remote. So we flew in. It's about four clicks, kilometers. We're hiking through the same area where they were supposed to make one of their checkpoints, you know, one of their rally points. And before we'd left, there was all kinds of what happened with the ambush. But that was even odd because at point of ambush, you'd call for maybe close air support, something. Okay, there was no calls made, just off the off the bridge. So we're coming down a, a mountainside, and it was a nice, nice path, goat path. As we bent around this corner, you could see this opening of the cave. There's a cave. As we're coming around, and then I see. There's a lot of rocks, which is another oddity, and then bone matter. When I'm not close enough to identify what kind of bones, but I did see something I knew was a piece of our communications equipment. So instantly, we're thinking ambush, maybe animal, you know, it could be anything. And there was enough room in front of this cave, but it had a sheer drop off. But there was enough room that we actually got into a decent dispersal in case of ambush. You see something coming out of the cave and it's moving with a speed and agility that catches you off guard. Everybody. Everybody. And he comes out. It was a man at least 12 to 15 feet in height. This is a monster, red beard, and his hair was longish past the shoulder, a scarlet red and Dan runs at him and starts shooting, which broke all of us into the reality. Because it was so now, now your training is kicking. Oh, yeah. Okay. Muscle memory. Right. Complete muscle memory. While Dan is moving at him, another bro of mine's laying down fire, and I start firing. He skewers Dan. He's now got him on this pike. We went through. He's still got him. And he's coming after more. We all just clicked in. I don't know what it was, but I remember we're all like, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. And our weapons components were in four. We had 308s. And we had Sarah's This is sounding longer than it took. We're talking 30 seconds. And he's taking multiple hits, and he's still moving. Dan was dead, okay? And uh, 
Why is a good man, probably one of the best men I know, now dead? Before I'd left, they were already starting what they call a nine line, which is a medevac request. They're sending out a medevac request, then all of a sudden it's not a medevac request. All of a sudden we had a helicopter show up because like I told you, it was a large precipice and a sheer drop. So the helicopter just came up from the drop. They had dropped netting, which is like a cargo netting. It's like squares. We were told we had to bundle him up and we get another bigger helicopter. But it's almost like a jolly green giant used to look back in the day that could get, you know, through this area. Because the mountains, you gotta remember, Chinooks could only go in certain places because they had enough lift. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we got him on there. The thing was too big, we couldn't move it. It smelled worse than a skunk. A corpse that's been around for a while. Really fell. Oh, it was like a combination because of the, how do you put that, the persistence of a skunk smell. Oh. Once the helicopter came in, dropped its little hook, and off he goes. The communication was sent out that we had a very large, possible human creature. But add to that, <clears throat> you're discussing something that even in our after action report, they're saying, rewrite it. And we had to rewrite it the way they wanted. Wow. That was a um, interview that was done by Stephen Quell um, speaking to a U.S. military soldier um, that was actually one of the soldiers that obviously was there in Afghanistan that supposedly uh, took down this particular being. And um, again, hopefully you guys kind of were able to hear it or whatever. It's hard uh, recording to kind of listen to uh, based upon um, the quality of uh, the, the audio. Um, but it was a um, 13 foot tall, uh, red headed, um, six fingered uh, hands and toes um, uh, humanoid um, that was on in the mountains of Afghanistan that supposedly already killed a whole uh, military elite unit that was um, out there doing whatever. You know how you know how the government rolls. Who knows what they were up to at that particular time? And they but, did a lot of shady shit back then, and. Uh in Afghanistan too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's, that's really, uh, you know, a detailed story and, uh, whether or not it's true that, uh, for you guys to, um, to suss out. But, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, giants did walk the earth. I mean, if you go, you know, to the Bible, as far as like Genesis, uh, chapter six, uh, uh, verse four, verse two, you know, they talk about the Nephilim that were um, large uh, beings that uh, were angels that made it with uh, human women uh, that created these giants. And um, supposedly that's one of the reasons why God uh, flooded the earth or whatever was to um, to dispatch uh, these giants, these creatures, whatever that were created that were taken over, uh, you know, the humans. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Tony. No, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And um, according to the Bible as well, there's a lot of sin going on in the world. So it's kind of like, let's just restart the world and, you know, start over again in a way without having to return. As a lot of people know that God one day will return. Uh, that's uh, also according to the Bible, if you believe it or not. Um, yeah, these, these Nephilim, man, they're uh, 
all they're they're just pretty much hybrids. You know, yeah. Angel and angel and humans that come out, you know, thirteen feet tall. You know, looking weird and and stuff. And you can't and, and the redheads though. And what they say about redheads? What redheads I, have no soul. I'm just playing. <laughs> oh dang! <laughs> Again, we're losing uh, <laughs> listeners right off the top. <laughs> He's just joking. Redheads. Um, as, uh, I know some of the nicest redheads out there. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, so so again, that that's a pretty wild story. Um, but also, you know, the government came out and they're like, "Oh, it's a hoax." Um, you know, uh, you know, the Department of Defense has no record of this incident occurring whatsoever. There was no elite military group uh, in Afghanistan that was butchered or killed, nor did someone actually uh, a, a group of men fight some humanoid that was then later killed and captured. Um, by us and obviously it's the military you know do you believe it do you not believe it can't really trust them who knows um they say this la about ufos yeah that's true they say this la marzulio is a a a blogger and well-known filmmaker that is believed to have created this whole story um so um that remains to be seen haven't found too much information on him but uh but anything is possible man that's just that's crazy. It's a wild story. Yeah, could it be real? Could it be fake? Um, you know, there's parts of the ocean that we never, you know, went through. So who's oh, to tell sure. that there's not, you know, mythical giant squids out there just as much as there is uh, you know, giants or whatever other creature that's in the in a different country that you you know, you never go to in the yeah, in the, some, uh, for, in yeah. the mountains. Yeah, you know, deep down in the cave. So, and also, you know, the the uh, core of the Earth, the inter Earth. They say there's a, you know, um, an actual whole nother. I heard about system. That. You know, environment, sun, and everything, whatever, in the core yeah. of the Earth, whatever. We'll we'll eventually get into stories like that, also. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a break, and we'll be back. Make sure you check us out on Podbeam, our hosting site. You can find us also on iTunes and Spotify. you guys to sit back and get ready for one of the most well-known black eyed kid stories it's the story of brian bethel this story originated from a 1996 posting written by brian bethel at the time he was a texas reporter he posted this story on a ghost related mailing list in this posting he described an encounter that he had with two children in Abilene, Texas, in 1996. As so many things do, it all started out innocently. 
My internet service provider used to have offices in a shopping center before they moved to their lavish accommodations elsewhere. There was a drop box at the original location. The monthly bill was due, and thus, there but for the grace of the net, I went. It was close to 9.30 in the evening when I left. It's about a 10- or 15-minute drive to downtown Abilene from my relatively isolated apartment. There was a fifty movie theater right next to Camelot Communications' old location, and at the time, it was featuring the modern masterpiece known as Mortal Kombat. I drove around the theater and pulled into an empty parking space. Using the glow of the marquee to write out my check, I was startled to hear a knock on the driver's side window of my car. I looked over and saw two young boys staring at me from the street. Both appeared to be in that semi-mystical stage of life where you can't discern their age, but my initial impression was that they were somewhere between ten or fourteen. Oh, great, I thought. They're going to hit me up for money. The boy on the left was the spokesman. The boy on the right didn't speak during the entire conversation, at least not in words. The boy on the left was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a hooded pullover with a sort of gray checker pattern and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive-colored, and he had curly brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. The boy on the right had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair seemed to be a pastel orange color. I did not get the impression that they were related. I was filling out a check in my car, which was still running, and suddenly I was overcome with panic. I was confused, but an overwhelming sense of fear and dread rushed in nonetheless. The spokesman smiled, and for some inexplicable reason, my blood ran ice cold. I could feel the fight-or-flight response kicking in. Instinctively, I knew something was not right, but I could not explain it. I rolled down the window just a crack and asked, Yes? The spokesman smiled again, broader this time. His teeth were almost too white. Hey, mister, what's up? We have a problem, he said. His voice was that of a young man, but his diction quite calm and something I still couldn't put my finger on made my desire to flee even greater. You see, my friend and I want to see the films, but we forgot our money, he continued. We need to go to our house to get it. Want to help us out? His command of language was incredible for his perceived age, and he showed no signs of trepidation when speaking to an adult. He articulated as if my help was a foregone conclusion. When he grinned, it was as if he was trying to say, I know something, and you're not going to like it, but the only way you're going to find out will be to do what I say. Uh, well, was the best I could offer. The quiet companion looked at the kid on the left with a mixture of confusion and guilt on his face. He seemed to be shocked, not with his friend's brusque manner, but with the fact that I didn't immediately open the door. He eyed me nervously. The spokesman seemed a bit perturbed as well, and I was still registering something wrong with him. Come on, mister, the spokesman said again, smooth as silk. A car salesman couldn't have said it any better. 
Now, we just want to go to our house, and we're just two little boys. That really scared me. Something in his tone and expression set off alarm bells once again. My mind was frantically trying to assess what was wrong with the two figures standing before me. Um, um, was all I could manage to utter. I saw that my fingernails were digging into the steering wheel. What movie were you going to see? I asked finally. Mortal Kombat, of course, the kid said. The silent one nodded in affirmation, standing a few paces behind. Oh, I said. I stole a quick glance at the marquee and then at the clock in my car. The last showing of Mortal Kombat started over an hour ago. The silent one looked increasingly nervous. I think he followed my gaze and suspected that I might be detecting something was not above board. Come on, mister. Let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know. The spokesman said soothingly. Just let us in, and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. We locked eyes. To my horror, I realized my hand had strayed toward the door lock, which was engaged, and was in the process of opening it. I pulled it away, probably a bit too violently, but it did force me to look away from the children. I turned back. Uh, um, I offered weakly, and then my mind snapped into sharp focus. For the first time, I noticed their eyes. They were coal black, no pupil, no iris, just two staring orbs reflecting the red and white light of the marquee. At that point, I know my expression betrayed me. The silent one had a look of horror on his face in a combination that seemed to indicate A, the impossible had just happened, and B, we've been found out. The spokesman, on the other hand, wore a mask of anger. His eyes glittered brightly in the half-light. Come on, mister he said. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. That last statement scared the living hell out of me, because at that point, by his tone, he was plainly saying, we don't need a gun. He noticed my hand shooting down toward the shift gear. The spokesman's final words contained an anger that was complete and whole, and yet contained in some respects a tone of panic. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. I ripped the car into reverse. Thank goodness no one was coming up behind me and tore out of the parking lot. I noticed the boys in my peripheral vision, and I stole a quick glance back. They were gone. The sidewalk by the theater was deserted. I drove home in a heightened state of panic. Had anyone attempted to stop me, I would have run on through and faced the consequences later. I bolted into my house, scanning all around, including the sky. What did I see? Maybe nothing more than some kids looking for a ride. And some really funky contacts. Yeah, right. Strange. Darkness Radio. Strange Definition Unusual or Surprising 
in a way that is unsettling or hard to understand. I can only show you the door, but you have to step through. That was an amazing story. An amazing story. Because something similar happened to me. You know, that was one of the first um, true stories that grabbed me as far as like black eyed kids. You know, that's, you know, being that, you know, small children, black eyes, you know, that's just so creepy. Right. And, uh, you know, again, from that moment, there there's always been a, a hint of um, demonic children or, you know, kids, whatever, being possessed, you know, since the beginning of time, for the most part, or since stories have been told. But the way he told the story and what actually happened to him, you know, it's it was never told like that about the kids wanting to come in and wanting to actually, you know, um, uh, gain entry, but you have to give them permission, kind of like vampires, you know, to where you have to welcome them, welcome them in. They just can't force their way in or, you know, make you do it. So that is a trip. But I have an incredible story that I don't know how much it's related um, to this scenario in the sense of it was just weird, odd, crazy. Um, you know, I was terrified. I was creeped out. You know, I had the overwhelming, um, you know, fear of dread, you know, that came over me in this particular story that I'm going to tell you. But the one thing about this story about Brian Bethel, this story has been told a lot. Okay, Um, it's been uh, narrated, as you just heard, which was uh, done very well. And um, it's been, you know, posted every place on Reddit, um, you know, YouTube videos, you name it, it's out there, right? Because it's one of the major, you know, stories that came across, you know, um, about Black Eyed Kids. And when you look it up, it's one of the first stories that pop up. It has its own wiki page and everything, right? But the one thing that people get wrong, and even as you heard in the narration or did not hear, is the, the, the when the eyes become black, okay? And uh, Brian Bethel has a, a book that he wrote about it. Again, there's a, a, a in-depth uh, Wikipedia page. Um, the one thing that people get wrong, and I didn't even realize it until all this time, um, and me doing, you know, me doing my research on on this topic for the show, is that what he actually states. He says um, in his encounter with the incident, uh, he stated that uh, when he broke eye contact, he became overwhelmed with just fear. You know, it was just all encompassing. Right. And it wasn't until he broke eye contact that their eyes became completely black. So as he was talking to these kids, their eyes were perfectly normal, you know, and, um, and then at some point, you know, they turned all black, everything. So when we come back, I'm going to definitely get into, you know, my story. All right. We'll be back. Make sure you check us out on Podbeam, our hosting site. You can find us also on iTunes and Spotify. 
Okay, I want you to tell me if this is Black Eye Kids related. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. And everything that I'm telling you is true, true to the point. Because it was just so odd and crazy that um, I remember it like the back of my hand. I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, every time I tell the story, you know, it, it's, it's just incredible. So let's get into it. Okay. So I lived in this particular area. It was an older area as far as um, ret- a lot of retired people. Okay. I had this uh, neighbor who uh, was a retired gentleman. He was always watching other people's houses and everything as far as, you know, in a good way, not in a creepy way, as far as just looking out for strange people, different scenarios that would happen throughout the neighborhood. He he was always on top of it and could tell you everything about it, right? So um, one day I was at work. I get a phone call and uh, his name, I'm not going to give his name, actually. I was going to, but I'm not going to. But because uh, he's since passed and he was a very uh, special person. But um, he said, uh, hey, um, Bob, when you get home, come over. I need to talk to you. And I said, OK, you know, when I get off work, I said, OK, fine. So I got off work. I went across the street, talked to him. I was like, hey, what's up? He was like, um, I don't really want to get into your personal business, but um, you don't have any debtors or collectors or somebody trying to repossess a car or anything like that. I'm like, no, what, what's going on? He said, um, well, I was sitting on my couch and I heard this loud booming noise. And then I looked over and someone was um, just bamming on your door just with all their might. Just boom, 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 boom. Right. And uh, I was like, um, OK, what did they what they, they say anything? Did they leave? Did, did you do anything like what happened? Right. So um, he says, well, no, I watched them. You know, on my particular door, I had a little window that you can actually open and talk to people. It's like a metal cage. And um, when you hit it or hit the door hard, it, it, it kind of reverberates in the door because it's like a metal casing. Right. So when he was hitting it extremely hard, it echoed, you know, throughout the neighborhood. And that's what caught his attention. So um, so he watches this guy. It's a white gentleman. He's in a full suit, okay? So it's not like, you know, just some random person in the sense of, you know, whether it's a person handing out something or a person trying to break into the house or whatever. This guy was in a full nice suit, he said. So the guy goes um, to the side of my fence. He jumps the fence. So my neighbor picks up the phone, ready to call 911. And uh, no more than, I don't know, 30 seconds or 45 seconds he comes from the other side and then he uh, proceeds to walk away and so he says you know to himself that's odd you know let me uh, call Bobby and uh, see what's going on you know have him come over and talk to him I was like okay so he tells me the story and then I say well you know what that was strange I don't know why a person would do that you know just because he had a suit doesn't mean he's not a robber. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? Let me stay home the next day. And just in case the guy comes back or something's up, I'm going to stay home. So I stay home from work. Okay, I'm in the living room. 
Everybody leaves the house. I'm at the computer playing, I think, World of Warcraft at like 8 o'clock in the morning. So I'm, I'm doing this, right? My, my computer is right by the door. Right by the door. So at around 8.05, there is a loud, I mean, it scared the crap out of me. Boom, 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 boom on the door. And instead of taking a beat and looking out the window or using the little window on the door to open it up and to look at what was going on or who the person was, I snatched the door open because I was pissed. Because one, it scared the shit out of me. And two, I'm like, who the hell would knock on the door? And the funny thing about it, I forgot all about not why I stayed home, but, you know, just the story in general about the guy. You know, like, well, you know, you can obviously expect someone to bam your door because it happened yesterday. Didn't even think about that. And it was so violent to where I just snatched the door open because I was so pissed. I was like, what the, you know, what the hell are you doing knocking on my door like that? Right. And um, there's this guy standing in front of me. He's on my he's on my step like he's no more than, I don't know, uh, three feet from me. Because I just snatched the door open and I was pissed. And this guy, he was probably anywhere between 16 to 18 years old. His face is all like pock marked up, like he was digging in his skin. His teeth were all rotten. I mean, rotten to the core. Like you just saw like the nastiest yellow color with the brownest, blackest, you know, teeth, and they were all jagged and rotted. It was the craziest thing. This guy had like a hoodie on. And um, I'm like, you know, why why did you hit my door like that? What are you doing? Like, what you know, what's going on? You know, right? And, and you know, I'm dropping some expletives and all that good stuff. And then he's like, calmly, Johnny told me to come. You know, I'm like, uh, what? You know, I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You know, I, excuse me, what's not Johnny? Joey. Joey. Joey told me to, to come. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I'm supposed to meet Joey here. Joey told me to come. I'm like, dude, there is no Joey that lives at this house. Leave, get off my property, walk away. No, jo- Joey told me to meet him here. I'm supposed to meet Joey here. You know, l- you know, let me in. I'm supposed to meet Joey. I'm like, dude, there is no Joey that lives here. What part of that don't you understand, right? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? There is no Joey that lives here. This dude was probably 90 pounds, right? He was focused, He did not miss a beat. He was calm. Now, mind you, I'm not calm. I'm actually in a state of rage. Trying to be somewhat controlled rage because I'm still pissed. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is the craziest thing, right? And he's um, calm. Kept repeating. I'm here. Joey told me to be here. I was like, dude, there is no Joey that lives here. Period. Get off my property. 
leave now. Now, mind you, this area is not is all right. It's a nice area, right? Older area. This kid is a white kid. I'm a black man. And, uh, you know, kind of big. Can handle myself. Look like I can handle myself anyways. And uh, this guy's not flinching. He's not even thinking about moving, right? And there's another guy that's on a bike. He's facing the street. He's facing the, the road to the left. So he's looking at that road. I'm looking at him sideways. He never looks at me whatsoever as I'm trying to watch this guy and watch him at the same time. He looks older because he, he looks a little bit um, more fit or heavier. I don't can't see his face. So, um, again, I'm trying to get this guy to back off of my area based upon he's kind of close, which, again, I should have never just snatched the door open. But I was so freaking pissed. Right. And. Uh, the guy on the bike. Is like. You know, just not moving whatsoever, not turning, not looking. I'm going off. This dude's repeating the same thing. You know, Joey told me to meet him here. You know, um, I'm you know, I'm here for Joey. Let me in. You know, all this. He's just repeating the same thing. Same mantra. Right. So the guy on the bike, I said, hey, you look at me. Look, you know, look, look, look at me, you know, turn your head this way because I'm trying to get descriptions and everything. Right. Like, what the hell is happening here? Not even thinking this guy can lunge at me with a weapon or anything. like. I was so pissed. It was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Right. As far as not being prepared for something like that. And uh, he doesn't look at all. You know, but you, you but you, you want to know what he did? He says this. What the fuck is your problem he says it that fucking deep right I'm like what the hell crazy right he says all you have is a sword dude it took me no less than a half of a millisecond to slam the goddamn door, grab the phone, and call 911. Do you know why I did that? Because I didn't have a firearm. All I have is a samurai sword that I keep under my mattress that nobody knows about other than my wife, period. And so... Here's the funny thing. The samurai sword was not in view of anything. It was way off to the side. There is no way in hell that this dude knew that I had a samurai sword. Period. I'm her brother, right? You know, most people think, oh, you know, come on, African-Americans, they got, you know, weapons and blah, 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 so on and so forth. No, I had a fucking samurai sword. Crazy. So he says, What are you going to do with that? 
And like I said, I shut the door extremely fast. My brain processed. I don't think I've ever processed information that fucking quick. I shut the door, grabbed my uh, wireless phone at the time. This is back in the day. Grabbed my wireless phone, started calling 911, snatched the door back open, right? Ran out of the house, talking to the 911 operator, looking to my right, which was way down the street. I'm at the end of the street is where my house is. Saw that they were not going that way, went the opposite way, which is on the corner. As soon as I hit the corner, there was nobody. There was absolutely nobody. I'm explaining to the 911 operator what's going on. I'm hoping the call doesn't drop because I probably did the the longest, you know, what however long that wireless uh, phone uh, before it dropped, um, which it did not drop, which was probably, uh, I don't know, I think it probably took it 150 feet or whatever else. I, I stretched the limits of that um, wireless uh, connection. And um, the police were probably there within about maybe five minutes, five minutes. Police car pulls up. I'm explaining to him what's going on. Uh, they're okay. Like they're saying, okay, we have another unit in the area. We're going to you know, look for these guys, blah, 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 blah. They look. They come back 10 minutes later. Now, it's probably about 15 minutes later. Um, nothing. No, no kids on a bike. No adults on a bike. Nothing. At all. They're like, you know, do you know the description? Can you tell me, you know, go into more detail, which I did. I uh, couldn't give them the description of the guy on the bike because he never turned my way. But I gave them the description of the uh, the guy in front of me. It was the craziest thing. Now, I never related that story really to black eye kids. And the reason why I didn't, because most stories about the black eyed kids, what they say is um, their sclera their whole eye is black like from the get and you just the person's not paying attention and then eventually they have a hoodie on and they somehow make eye contact and they, they see like ooh their eyes are all black um, but what like I was saying with the story with uh, Brian Bethel he actually says this happens in the middle of the conversation so I so at this point there was no middle of the conversation. It lasted how long it lasted. But the second dude said that, that's when I went into freaking panic mode because I was like, how the hell does he know that? You know, and then, you know, you can see, you know, some people were saying, well, maybe the guy, the one guy that came earlier, the, the, next, the prior day was casing your house and he was able to get into the house. No, nobody was, there was no entry into the house. Nothing was broken into. He didn't have enough time to do any of that and let alone he wouldn't have found the samurai sword and let alone I'm a techie and I have and a musician a bunch of expensive equipment nothing was out of place nothing was gone nothing was taken everything was fine you know period um so that is my possible black eyed story there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man it is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit 
of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. You can listen to Strange Darkness Radio on iTunes or Spotify or any of your podcast hosting sites. Yeah, so that's my story, man, when it comes to whether or not it was the black-eyed kids or just some crazy meth heads. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> it was crazy. That's, uh, that's, 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 that's crazy, bro. I would have lost my shit. One, when the guy... Talk to me in a yeah. deep ass voice, but not even turning turning towards me, bro. I would have lost it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was wild, dude. I mean, at that point when he spoke, man, the hairs on my arm stood up, and because uh, I was like, did does he have like a deep ass demonic voice? I'm like, yeah. what the hell? And again, he wasn't even facing me, so for his voice to carry and be that deep, and he's facing a totally different direction, he's probably um, maybe. Uh, 10 to 15 feet away from me um, because again, the other guy is on my stoop, whatever. And he was really more like probably two feet in front of me, but the other guy, he was on the uh, sidewalk and um, man, it was wild. It was wild. I was like, when, when he said that, and then the whole thing is um, I took the samurai sword out for, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I need to have a weapon just in case somebody comes, you know, to the house or whatever. Only the weapon I had was a samurai sword. Right. And, uh, and so I put it, um, like by the sofa, which again, you cannot see it from the door whatsoever, let alone the guy on the sidewalk couldn't see it. And again, he never even looked, you know, my way. Um, cause the whole time I'm watching this guy, then watching him also. And, uh, you know, like it was like crazy, like what the hell is happening right now? You know? Um, so when he's that combination of things, his voice being extremely deep, um, him, um, saying all you have is a samurai sword, you know, and what are you going to do with that? And, um, you know, like, like that's irrelevant. Like it, it's nothing. Yeah. And then he knew what I had, man, my, my brain was like, Oh, you know, <laughs> stop, you know, close the door, call, you know, call, not, not grab the sword and get, you know, ready for, for battle. It was more like, okay, let me, uh, get the authorities out here. Cause it's about to go down. You know, I didn't know what was taking place. And do they usually do black eyed kids usually um, come in pairs or is it just one or sometimes they're pairs? They're mostly heard about in pairs, um, which is which is odd. It, it's rare that it'll be just one black eyed kid, um, but they usually come in pairs and they're again, they're adamant about coming in. They're adamant that you have to let them in. And they'll give the weirdest reasons. Like the the one lady was saying uh, that he he yeah. wanted part of her table, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. which was just weird. The dialogue is weird. Um, and again, the guy just kept repeating, you know, uh, Joey um, told me to come here and, uh, you know, to let to let me in. And um, I'm like, what you know, what what is happening? You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was just it was just crazy, man. It was crazy. But yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's insane, bro. I don't know how I would act in person to, I mean, let alone see a ghost, bro, but see a person in front of me talking crazy like that. Yeah. You know, you got to whoop the ass real quick if you yeah. can't touch them. And if you can't, then you can't. But it's like they tag team. It's like if yeah. one, you know, with your story, one guy was telling 
you know, Joy wants, he's made up with Joy. Other ones like, you know what? The deep voice, I'm going to take care of this shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Listening to what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was wild. It was wild, man. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, you know, I don't know if it was a black eye kid story, but just the whole asking to be let in, uh, the, it, it, and, and the smell too, it was, the smell was like sulfur, had a sulfur smell in the air, um, yeah. which was weird because it was just, it was just a lingering stench, um, even running out and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 like I said, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. But again, that Probably. is my probably black guy. <laughs> what's that it's probably a demon type of type of situation yeah a demon no. manifestation a demon manifestation is that what it's called manifestation yeah there yeah yeah um i just hope you weren't saying master and we won't say the rest um <laughs> but uh but yeah but uh hey that was uh my story um i want to hear you guys' story i want you guys to make sure you call in you know, and let, you know, your story be told and everything else. You know, I'm, you guys sitting here listening to my stories. I want to hear your stories. Again, you can call the Strange Darkness Radio hotline at 916-741-3032. Again, that's 916-741-3032. And it's on all, all our social, um, you know, at the SD Radio uh, our Twitter, you can catch it there. Go ahead and subscribe on there. Also, we're always hitting you guys up with strange stories and, you know, UFOs and strange facts and all that stuff. Um, you can also hit us up on our, our on our IG at Strange Darkness uh, underscore radio and uh, Facebook uh, fan page at Strange Darkness Radio. And uh, yeah, you know, go ahead and on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the above. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, tell a friend. Uh, subscribe, you know, come on, tell your story. Uh, for some reason, I've been having an issue uh, getting the Android situation handled. So hopefully uh, going into uh, show two, I can get that uh, hammered out and see what's going on with that. Um, you know, just the Android podcast app need to um, have a handshake with Podbean because you can also check us out on Podbean. That's actually our hosting site, um, you know, gives our show description. All the feed comes from that. So you can definitely, uh, you know, check it out there. Tony, any uh, parting words? Also, uh, please leave a uh, review. Yes. Let us know how we're doing. If you guys don't like it, tell us why you don't like it, and we will try to uh, accommodate you and uh, change it up. But, yeah, always leave a review, and uh, please subscribe to this uh, channel. Yeah, definitely. Strange Darkness Radio. Let's go ahead and have uh, Buzz and the presidents uh, take us out because they really know what's going on. I am Buzz Aldrin, and I was the lunar module pilot on Apollo 11. Five. should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period 
will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. The truth is that we've never proved one, but there are things flying around up there that we haven't fully identified yet. And keep in mind, there are a, a basically a billion galaxies in an ever-expanding universe. I mean, you can't even get your mind around the sheer number of things that are out there. People still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. There are, uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they moved, their trajectory, they, they did not have um, an easily explainable pattern. When it, when it comes to aliens, uh, there's some things I just can't tell you. 